You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dairy Voice Podcast. I'm Connie Cooper with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Film and Connor AgriScience. Dairy farmers have a lot on their plates, but herd health is a major concern. Today, we're lucky to have my guest, Dr. Mario Raboni with Diamond V. Today, we're going to talk about postbiotics and their role in maintaining a healthy herd. So Mario, could you please tell your audience a little bit about yourself? Hi, Conning. Hello, everyone. Right now, I'm part of the Diamond V technical support team here on the East. We tend to provide uh, our customers with all the information and knowledge uh, about our products and how to really integrate them uh, in their operation. Uh, at the same time, we strive to be their more trusted experts, to be part of their operation as well, um, helping them with um, management practices, ration mixing and delivery, we help, them with, we help them with problems connected to health issues, diseases, parlor issues, personnel issues, anything that our customer need to bring their operation to the next level. So you're helping them with all kinds of things uh, that they're working with on their dairy farm. Yes. Uh, if not me directly, uh, we have a lot of experts within Diamond V and a lot of contact outside. So we can provide both internally and externally the best resources to our customers. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health, a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit, where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit diamondv.com because animal health deserves a healthier approach. You are working mostly through nutrition in your, both in your recommendations and, and your management practice suggestions. So how do you impact health through nutrition? The animal itself has to eat to produce. And we always forget that uh, the animal itself also has a big component to his well-being, which is the maintenance. And part of these maintenance requirements are his health requirements as well. Uh, the immune system, exactly like the animal, requires fuel. Our product go in the animal, first of all, in uh, their diet. And that's where they exert their primarily function. They're in the gastrointestinal tract. They're able to enhance for digestibility and overall improving what amount of nutrients the animal can get. And so their overall feed efficiency. Our next generation product instead uh, have more of a dual action. Not only we have these digestibility in mind, but we also promote overall digestive health, both by stimulating an optimal uh, microbiome and improving gut integrity. And we always forget that our gut is where most of our immune system resides. Uh, it's our first barrier to what can attack our animals. But at the same time, the second action 
is to stimulate the animal-owned immune strength and immune system, both the uh, innate and the adaptive immune system to get a stronger response, a faster response, and an optimized response to challenges that these animals see. And we've seen these effects uh, in multiple systems. We have an extensive library of research and we provide these uh, immune effects through the gut. Uh, we've seen effects in the lungs, in the hooves, and of course, in the other. Even in the lungs and the hooves? Tell yes. me about that. So we, are we have already one piece of research that is out and more research coming out soon where we've seen impact on uh, um, hoof health, digital dermatitis. And when it comes to lungs, there are multiple pieces of research, uh, especially in younger uh, cattle, younger stocks, where we can help with lung health uh, in cases of challenges with viral and bacterial pathogens. So these, um, these feed additives you're talking about, we're talking about postbiotic, is that correct? Yes, uh, Diamond V mostly focus on naturally immune support postbiotic feed additives uh, that promote both health and performances. So yes. what is the difference between a, a prebiotic and a postbiotic? The difference would be, let me explain to you with a little analogy. Uh, if we're talking about fuel factories and the goods, so factories needs fuel to produce certain goods. When it comes to um, prebiotics, uh, we can consider these to be the fuel for the factories. So these are components of the diet that directly are directly utilized uh, by the microbiome in the GI tract. Probiotics are the factories themselves, uh, are the bacteria um, or other organisms that we provide animals so that they have these factories to then produce the goods. Instead, postbiotics are the goods themselves. The entire fermentation process, it's done outside of the animal, specifically control to produce the goods that we want, and then these are directly given to the animals. And these all, these definitions uh, were not created by us, Diamond V, or other players in the industry. There was quite recently, May of 2021, consensus panel called the International Scientific Association of Probiotic and Prebiotic, ISAPP, uh, which standardized the definition of pre, pro, postbiotic, symbiotic, and fermented foods. This is why within Diamond V, looking at all these definitions, uh, we decided that the best definition that we fit in in our product is postbiotic, that are broadly defined as a preparation of inanimate, inanimate microorganisms and or their components that confer a health benefits to the host. And pro, uh, postbiotic may contain intact inanimate microbial cells and or microbial cell fragments and structure with or without the metabolites and end products of their fermentations. California Bioenergy is a leading developer of dairy digesters in America. With more than 100 projects, over 40 of them operational, CalBio has the expertise to help your dairy generate revenue by capturing methane and creating renewable vehicle fuels. Founded by a dairy farmer, CalBio considers itself the most dairy-focused digester developer, building systems to last generations, along with your existing family-owned operation. Now expanding with its subsidiaries, Northwest, Midwest, and Southwest Bioenergy, CalBio is ready to serve you. To learn more about how a CalBio digester could benefit your dairy, manure, and wallet, visit them at calbioenergy.com. 
Now, your background is is an interesting one. Um, you have a unique background in that you had experience in postbiotics before coming to Diamond V. So can, what can you tell us about that experience and how it's helped you in your position now? Yes. So I'm originally from Northern Italy, but I came in the U.S. around 2014 to undergo my PhD studies at University of Illinois. And that's where I first came in contact with Diamond V as a company and with postbiotic. I was studying uh, the interaction between nutrition, metabolism, immunity, and health, specifically using nutrigenomics technology, looking at how nutrition affects the gene expression of different tissues and how these changes related to the outcome that we see in the animals. Well, thanks to my background, especially in immunonutrition, uh, I was tasked by my advisor to lead an experiment uh, that Diamond V wanted us to conduct on their behalf. I led the experiment from start to finish, from the simple stuff, managing the animal daily, managing the diets, uh, to conducting sample data analysis um, and interpretation of, of these results. The surprising stuff is that I was very skeptical at first that something as simple as a postbiotic at the amount that we supplement in the diet daily would do anything in the face of the challenges that we put the animal through. But the results on other health were very, were very surprising. Uh, we ended up publishing them and presenting them at multiple conferences and meetings throughout the country. The results that, that I've seen coming out of this product and then meeting people internally and experiencing the culture of the people within Diamond B, it's what really uh, helped me pursue a career with them and convinced me because I was always focused on going back to academia and, and become a professor. And I was almost there. Uh, but this experience really pulled me away and made me decide that Diamond V was the place I wanted to be. So you had talked about, uh, we discussed a little bit about hooves and lungs, but I think that one of the major things that postbiotics helps with is utter health. Is that correct? Yes. And tell me why. Tell me about that. Utter health, it should be very important for, for farmers, uh, sure. for dairy farmers, especially because the other is the major organs that is responsible for the production of the final product that they sell. Um, other health, and especially my studies, uh, used to be the number one reason why farm, uh, why cows left the farm. Right now, recently it's been surpassed by reproduction and my studies became second. Still, every single herd in the United States and in the world will experience cases of my studies on their operation. The, the cost of my studies is very high. Farmers spend around $70 to $100 per cow in prevention. And they don't realize, however, that every time they have a case of my studies, depending if it's in early or in late lactation, it can cost them around 400 20, 450 case, uh, 420, $450 per case. This is a, it's a high number, but it's been confirmed in multiple um, example in the literature uh, throughout the world. So using data from the US, from Canada, from Europe, the cost always comes out to be around that number. If we consider that on average, a quarter of the cow in the US every year experience a case of clinical mastitis, we can see the importance of other health on these operations. Also, I would imagine falls into the job that that you do as a team to go out and help with environmental factors as well yes. as 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 uh, the nutritional supplements. Yes, when it comes to um, health related issues, normally diet is not the first place where we start. Diet is more of a preventative strategies, more of boosting the animal natural response 
and prevent deficits that can um, kind of impair a proper response to a pathogen. A lot of things on a farm can affect other health, and as you said, environment, it's mainly one of them, facility management, uh, milking parlor equipment and maintenance, the milking procedure, uh, your herd genetics as well. These are multiple factors that we look at when we want to address a case of other health. Um, sure. However, many nutrients can play a role uh, in supporting and boosting the cow's immune system. So right. we, as, I, as I mentioned before, we, um, we feed the cows for production, but we need to feed them also to maintain a proper immune health. And although poor nutrition doesn't necessarily cause mastitis, it can ease the way of a bacteria inside of the system. Uh, there are multiple nutrients that can weaken the natural protection of the mammary gland. So if at the same time you have a poor defense on the cow and a high environmental pressure, then put these two things together and you get a boom of mastitis cases. So we talked about feeding um, and, and taking care of the environment, but the feeding, what are the nutrients that really uh, impact the immune system when we're fighting off cases of mastitis? That's a good question. Most of the nutrients that are directly linked to affecting uh, immunity and prevent mastitis, these would be trace minerals. Uh, like selenium, copper, zinc, and vitamins like vitamin E, D, and E. These are among some of the most researched uh, nutrients that you can find in the literature. They are part of building blocks of the cow antioxidant systems. They help to prevent damage to the cells when there is a bacterial infection, um, including in the mammary gland uh, and overall in the immune cells. Most of the times when we formulate diets, these nutrients are adequate, if not fed over uh, the minimum requirements, just to avoid any cases of deficit. The literature shows, for example, that increased level of vitamin E and selenium beyond the requirements have been proven to decrease uh, somatic cell count and mastitis incidence, uh, while other ones instead are more inconsistent in, in their results. Although these elements are very important for the functionality in the immune systems, we need to um, we're aware that, for example, I just mentioned vitamin E. We don't need to just overload our diet with vitamin E or with other e, uh, minerals because that could be har harmful at the same time. So like a balancing act, we had updated requirements finally uh, last year, uh, which what was the uh, NRC requirements now NASM. So it's a good time to make sure that your diets are up to speed and that you're meeting the new requirements. So work with your nutritionist. Yes. Have you run out of silage, had to buy expensive, marked up feed to fill the gap? Maybe production's dropped due to lower dry matter intakes. Are molds or mycotoxins creeping through your piles or bunkers? And pitching the rot is a dangerous pain. Oxygen is the enemy Pack it out, then keep it out with Seal Pro, the professional grade silage barrier film protection chosen by top professional farmers like you. Make more, better, safer silage with Seal Pro. Learn more at SealProSilage.com. We're talking about postbiotics and, and how they can affect uh, animal health, both the whole animal and especially utter health. So you mentioned a few studies before, what are the, the proof points that you have on, on this kind of information that you're sharing? At first, um, we started noticing effect of postbiotic on health anecdotally. Our clients were coming back and saying, I've noticed uh, 
these health effects, my other health is improved. Uh, I was having issue with these other particular problems and now that that's gone. And so we started investigating uh, a bit more. The first uh, reports that we have came out of University of Pennsylvania with Dr. Jim Ferguson uh, in 2018. And he showed promising results of these postbiotic uh, on other health, mainly reducing mastitis incidence and somatic cell score in the farms that were using these products uh, around the United States. Ferguson specifically focused on Saccharomyces cerevisiae fermentation product. So to better understand this kind of mechanism of action, Dr. Juan Lore and I at University of Illinois conducted a study to evaluate the effect of this product on uh, a case of clinical mastitis. So we fed cows for uh, 45 days with either a control diet or the same diet, top dress with these postbiotic additive. And after 45 days, we infected the rear right quarter of each cow with 2,500 colony forming unit of uh, Streptococcus uberis, which is a very common environmental mastitis pathogen that causes mastitis throughout the US. After 36 hours, uh, that's when we went back in the cows, we took sample of the other, we took sample of the liver, and we took a lot of other sample blood, and we uh, stopped the challenge uh, with antibiotics. Uh, we choose this time frame because normally around 24 to 36 hours, farmers start noticing something wrong uh, at the level of the other, and, and we wanted to keep these as realistic as possible. So at the end of the challenge, so 36 hour post-infection, the somatic cell count of the infected quarter was fivefold greater in the controlled cows compared to the cows that receive uh, the postbiotic feed additives. When we went into and looked at the um, uh, actual mechanism on how this work, uh, using those mammary gland samples, doing RNA, uh, sequencing and other uh, advanced type of analysis, uh, what we observed was a dual response to the mastitis uh, in every cow that was supplemented with the Saccharomyces cerevisiae fermentation product. Yeah, these cows had greater activation of the immune cells. They showcase a greater antimicrobial and bactericidal potential. They were more effective at killing the Streptococcus uberis bacteria. And more important, since every time you mount an immune response this strong, uh, you risk of damaging your own cells as well. Uh, and that's what kills the milk production of the cow, not only during the infection, but when they recover. We've noticed that a lot of other mechanisms were put in place to protect. Something like uh, we found that the increase in action of defense mechanism uh, against cell damage to reduce inflammation, uh, to prevent oxidative stress, uh, and to keep that other more healthy and productive during the fight. Right. And so it's more of like, it's kind of like a rebound. Uh, it helps that rebound to get back into production at a, at a greater level again. Is that correct? Yes. Because okay. the, the chemical weapons that our innate immune system uses uh, when it flooded the mammary gland, are, they don't discriminate between a bacterial cells and a host cells. So they damage uh, the host cells as well. So that's why we need to have that balance. We need to have a strong response of our immune cells. But at the same time, the cow needs to be able to withstand that response. And that not only what gives resistance, but also resilience to an animal to come back faster and better from a response. And this is what we saw during the recovery as well. These animals recover better in intake and recover better in milk production. I'm, so I'm in, you said that you're in uh, 
Tennessee. Is that correct? Earlier yes. when I was talking to you, visiting with you. So I'm in California and, and I know in Tennessee you have humidity. I know in the upper Midwest and the, and the Eastern states, we have humidity and heat, but out here in California, we have got just plain old dry, awful heat. And yes. uh, just two weeks ago, we were at 115 degrees. And if it doesn't cool off at night, the cows are very unhappy. So I know that you've done some work on uh, with heat stress as well. So what can you tell me about that? Yeah, so we always associate other health with mastitis, but at the same time, we forget that there are other factors uh, that can affect other health. And as you mentioned, Connie, heat stress is one of the main factors that can affect the uh, health of our cows and especially the level of the other. We always consider heat stress to have only negative effect on reproduction, productivity, and general health, but it can also increase your uh, bolt tank milk somatic cell count. It can increase the incidence of cases of mastitis during a chronic period of heat. Um, that's why in 2020, um, Dr. Lenz Baumgart for the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, uh, conducted a trial using the same postbiotic that was used uh, in the trial that Dr. Laura and I conducted at the University of Illinois. But this time, the challenge that he imposed on the cows uh, was heat stress. They use blankets designed for keeping equine warm. Uh, so this was a very strong and chronic and nonstop case of heat stress because the blankets were kept on the animal 24-7 for a full five days. And what they noticed is that the cows that were fed the postbiotic had almost 50% lower uh, plasma cortisol which is a very uh, strong stress hormones. Uh, it's responsible also to immunosuppress the animal. So if we have a higher peak in plasma cortisol, we're going to see lower immune functionality. And at the same time, they noticed that the amount of immune cells was higher, 9% to 26% more, depending on what type of cells they were looking. And so it was no surprise that at the end, what they've noticed is that cows that were fed the postbiotic product had around 36% uh, lower somatic cell count during this intense period of heat stress. Interesting, ingenious way to, uh, to test that and, and the results are, are amazing. Okay, so we've talked about research and, we, and, and, and how these things have been researched. So on a farm practically, how, how do I feed this, these kinds of uh, postbiotics? Do I, do I give them to everybody just to the ones that are under, under stress or going to be under stress or how do I do that? Well, that's a great question, Colin. So as a company, Diamond V doesn't focus only uh, on dairy cows. Uh, we have product that can span multiple species, uh, cattle, swine, shrimps, uh, including humans. Uh, we have products that can cover uh, humans as well. For dairy, however, we have multiple types of formulation of these products to hit every single stage of that productive cycles. We have products that are formulated uh, more water soluble, so they're being able to be put in the milk replacer or in whatever um, milk the farmers are giving to their calves. At the same time, we have non-water soluble products or liquid products that can be integrated uh, in diets. They can be mixed in pellets because they're also resistant to these uh, manufacturing technology so that you can hit every single stage uh, after that. It's important as well that we offer a liquid version of our product because they can be incorporated uh, in lick tabs or mineral mixes for beef uh, and pasture-based dairy uh, operations. Sure. And of course, these products are similar in their effect, but different in the way that we utilize them. They have specific feeding rates based on the life stage and the product that is being used. However, uh, these products 
Uh, these postbiotic products are not really designed to be a treatment. They're not antibiotics. We have an outbreak and we put these products in and the outbreak is resolved. These are rather a preventative management kind of strategies. Our recommendation is to feed them daily uh, so that the animal is ready uh, to face a challenge when the challenge comes. Um, when the challenge is already there, it means that, first of all, it's too late for this nutritional intervention to really help the farmers. But there have been other issues, both in control or not in control of the farmers, that need to be looked for first. Again, if we give these products, they may still face their fair share of challenges, but that we're more proactive in setting up the animal for success. And you had mentioned before the cost of the case of, of mastitis and there's costs and other problems as well with, with the health of an animal. So when you look at those prevention costs, can you give any kind of a return on investment figure? Uh, that's uh, it's always the million dollar question when a farmer right. wants to know for X many dollars that I invest on many going to get back. However, it's very difficult for health to calculate ROIs because they're very specific on the various operation. Every farm has their own management style. And if two farms share the same management style, they probably have different costs to implement it based on their labor cost and their supplier cost. So it's very difficult to give a broad ROI to these kind of strategies. At the same time, it's also very difficult to calculate exactly how much health event will cost. However, for example, if we take the numbers that we had before, uh, we talked about case of my studies being between $420 and $450 uh, per case. And these are number in early lactation. It decreases a bit when you are in mid to late lactation to around $250 a case. If you were able to reduce the incidence of my studies on an operation by 1%, and taking these numbers as absolutes, then farmers would be able to save between eight and 15 cents per head per day with whatever strategy they implemented that is able to give you that 1% reduction. It's just common sense that if you are assisting these animals with their immune system, that it's going to have great benefits in the end. Yes, a lot of things are linked to the immune system of the animals. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the majority of the immune system of an animal is around the GI tract. So keeping that system uh, working efficiently at its best, uh, it's going to have a huge repercussion on the ability of the animal to utilize the nutrients that we're trying to feed them. A lot of different systems, we mentioned the lungs, we mentioned the other, we mentioned the feet, are all connected to the immune system as well. The liver, that uh, it's not really something that we think about uh, in dairy cows, but is at the center of their metabolism to help uh, feed the entire, uh, the entire animals. It's something where to happen immunologically to the liver as well, that would send a domino effect to the entire system. Well, we have to remember that just as in human beings, that, that cattle, sheep, hogs, uh, all those kinds of animals are whole animals. They're not just it's, they're not just parts, they're the whole thing is the whole animal is affected by whatever we give them nutritionally. Yes, yeah, absolutely right. A broiler is not just a breast, uh, a layer is not right. just an egg, and, right. and a cow is not just meat or milk. Mm -hmm. Correct, correct. Well, good. Well, we've talked um, today about the use of, of postbiotics, and it's really an interesting subject. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up here? The first thing is I would like to remind the reader that, again, these products are not there to stop an ongoing problems. 
uh, there need to be part of a proactive strategy. And if a farmer wants to be proactive in this area, they need to be mindful when approach the idea of implementing a postbiotic in their animal diet. Remember that not all products are created equally, and especially in these categories, the definition is broad. Uh, and so there are big differences in products that define themselves as postbiotic. So my recommendation is to look at the results, uh, the more the merrier, to show consistency, uh, look at the specific products uh, that you're interested in, uh, don't take the research of one product and apply it to another one, because again, they're not made identical. Uh, research cannot be translated. When choosing a postbiotic, so my recommendation would be to go with the one that addresses your particular needs and that has direct research to help you make that decision on that particular need. So look for products with consistent results based on well-researched functionalities, which has been established in the scientific literature. Well, thank you very much. We've been visiting with Dr. Mario Vellati Raboni from Diamond V today, talking about postbiotics and herd health. Thank you for listening. This is Connie Cooper. I'm with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Film and Connor AgriScience. Talk to you again soon. Thank you, Connie.